In the 1953-54 school year, North Carolina left the Southern Conference to join the newly formed Atlantic Coast Conference. It was a huge shakeup for a school that had been in the same league since 1921-22. But now, in the face of national conference upheaval, we have to stop and ask the question, are the Tar Heels on the precipice of making their first conference change in nearly seven decades? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, July 4th, 2022, Independence Day. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so please go ahead and subscribe right now, and for those of you watching on YouTube, smash that like button as well. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Well, a little bit of housekeeping as we start today's show. It is good to be back with you after a week away. I know there were shows last week, but those were all pre-recorded. I was gone with my family in Mexico, hanging out on the beach, getting away from communication and social media to just be with my family. And so it is good to be back. And it's also Independence Day. And those two things collide wonderfully today for me to proclaim in the immortal words of Randy Quaid's quirky, crop-dusting, alien-abducted character, character Russell Case. Hello, boys! I'm back! <laughs> ah, what a great movie. You should stop and watch that right now. Don't listen to me. Don't watch me. Go watch Independence Day and watch Will Smith chew on a cigar. It's great. Well, very seriously, I know we talk all the time about North Carolina fans being everywhere. Well, while I was in Mexico, I met a family from South Dakota that are huge Tar Heel fans. And so I just wanted to give a big shout out to my guy, Mylon. And I uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great rest of your trip. Thanks uh, for just uh, forming a little bit of a relationship. It was fun to get to know you and your family. Listen, folks, you leave for a week and everything goes bonkers. I get back and everyone's freaking out about Gigi Jackson. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, apparently, Freddie Freeman's agent never told him about it, uh, the Braves' last offer to him, and that's why he's a Dodger. But where we start today is with conference realignment madness. Uh, we're going to talk about the national landscape of what's going on. Then we're going to talk about how it will or won't affect the Tar Heels and then how it will or won't affect the ACC. Uh, the first big word I need to say to you is this. Give me your eyes. Let me <laughs> give me your ears. Let me see you. Let me hear you. Do not freak out. I'm here with you, we're going to talk it through, and everything's going to be just fine, and the Tar Heels are going to come out okay, no matter what happens. So, right now, deep breath. 
<laughs> there we go. Don't freak out. Very seriously. Okay, so the national scene is shifting in a big way. You, you got to know, if, if you're not already aware, there is conference realignment that happens literally every year. There are at least a handful of schools changing conferences every year. But there have been some massive bombshells in the last year or two. Obviously, the biggest of which prior to last week was Texas and Oklahoma announcing their move to the SEC. However, with Texas A&M and Missouri moving from the Big 12 to the SEC in recent years, that wasn't too much of a leap either conference-wise or geographically, right? Uh, there were already a Texas school in the big in excuse me in the SEC there's already Mizzou Arkansas is kind of in the Big 12 footprint LSU is kind of in the Big 12 footprint so that's not all that crazy less so because West Virginia is in the Big 12 and that doesn't make any geographic sense but here's the thing it's the news that came last week that to me is what's going to blow it all up USC and UCLA to the big 10. Texas and Oklahoma was more shocking to me as it was to probably the majority of you listening and watching uh, just because it was this first like major huge national brand shift in a long time. Um, and so with this one with USC and UCLA, we're a bit desensitized to these major national brands making the move. However, this one to me will have bigger and further reaching implications simply because of the geographical what on earthness of this whole thing. Uh, we got the Big Ten, which stretches, you know, as far west as like Nebraska and as far east as, as the eastern seaboard. But now we're going by coastal with this thing. We've got USC and UCLA, and we've got Rutgers and Maryland on the East Coast. This move is ultimately going to give uh, the Big Ten 16 schools now, adding to the 14 they already have. Would list them off, but no point right now. Um, but this move to me, again, shifts everything. This is the one that is going to be the big domino that kind of goes hand in hand with like NIL that just alters the course of all of it because these two huge West Coast programs are now coming to Middle and East America to join the Big Ten in this what on earth move. Now we got Rutgers flying to LA to play football and basketball games every year and vice versa. Wow, wow, wow. So here's the question, let's just get into this. If you are USC or UCLA, why make this move? Really have to ask the question? It's all always about the money. Say it with me, it's always about the money. Yes, one more time, it's always about the money. Pac-12 Network? is terrible. Like most people don't have it on their on their streaming package or dish package or whatever they use and it's just not well run and well put together and well done and so it's not all that I mean obviously we're we're talking um, comparatively here but it's not all that lucrative for the Pac-12 schools. However, Big 10 on the other hand 
has a great contract, a great media contract, a great system. The Big Ten Network is much better. They're going to make bank with this move. Sources say that with USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten, uh, they could stand to benefit of making upwards of $100 million in annual media rights. Wow. Yowza crazy, right? Yeah. Money, money, money. Now, also, from a competitive standpoint, who wouldn't want to go to the Big Ten to get out of the Pac-12? Just think of it in terms of like college football playoffs. There's There's been eight years of the CFP. In those eight years, a, a Big Ten school has made it six years. So there's only been two years that the Big Ten has been left out. Pac-12, on the other hand, it's literally exactly the opposite. In those eight years, the Pac-12 has only made it twice, and that was in years one and three. Uh, Oregon in year one of the CFP and Washington in year three of the CFP. They've been shut out the last five years. No Pac-12 schools. So, uh, you want to have a better shot at making the college football playoff? Maybe go to the Big Ten. So yeah, it's all about the money, but competitive advantage. Absolutely. Is West Coast bias a thing? Absolutely it is. Coming to the Big Ten helps that as well. Now, why make this move if you're the Big Ten? We, we asked why make the move if you're USC and UCLA. If you're the conference, why do you want these two schools? Say it with me. It's all about the money. Sound catching on to a theme here? Yeah, absolutely you're catching on to a theme. You know what Big Ten just got? They just cornered the market on the second biggest media market in the entire country with LA, which comes behind only the Big Apple in New York. So the Big Ten already has all these crazy media markets covered um, in the East and Midwest. Now, they just added the second biggest media market in the country, in LA. Now I know LA is a professional town and it's not about uh, the college teams but it's USC and UCLA. I think it'll be fine, just fine. Now, for conferences, when they're looking at schools to add, essentially they're looking at three things. Yes, money, 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 but it is, number one, what media market does this school bring to me? Maybe it's it's not a, a, a you know, all that great school in terms of on-field competition, but it's from the, just throw out a, a big media market, Houston, right? Maybe you bring in Houston out of the AAC to the Big 12 now, since the Big 12 is falling apart, to get that Houston media market. That's a big deal. Number two, football. You Football is the biggest money-making sport in, in all of um, college athletics. March Madness, yes, that comes next. But college football is the deal. It is the moneymaker. You might or might not be aware that NCAA doesn't even actually control CFP, but all that money is going to the schools and conferences. So you want media markets. You got LA with these two schools. You want football. Now, when you think about UCLA, that's not necessarily a football powerhouse. They have their time in the sun from time to time. But USC, they're getting their football. Absolutely. Think about the Pete Carroll years as recently as as the late 90s and uh, 2000s. USC is this 
Dynamo, you, you know, the Reggie Bush team, the Lindale White, Matt Leinart, that whole squad. Yikes, that's ridiculous. And they have some of those years. USC is a huge football brand. So media market football and then basketball um, is the second biggest revenue sport behind football. It doesn't come close to carrying the needle that football does, but it, it is a major revenue sport and March Madness is this huge entity which is actually owned and run by the NCAA. Now, USC, it's kind of the flip-flop here. USC, they have their years in basketball, but UCLA... Blue blood of blue bloods, most national championships, you know, John Wooden, everything. They don't stay at the top of the game in the same way that Carolina and Duke and Kentucky do in Kansas. But they have their years where they get in and, and make hay like they had the last two years or so. This is a huge get for the Big Ten. That's why they want to go there. Now, ultimately, I lay all of this major upheaval. Here, here's the big big takeaway for you. You ready? I lay this all at the feet of the NCAA. They have dragged their feet on too many things for too long. You saw how it all has played out with NIL and what a cluster that's been. It, I will contend till the day I die. If the NCAA had been more proactive and more prepared for what the current landscape of college athletics is, we would not be seeing this major conference shift that we're, we're seeing right now. It just wouldn't be happening to the degree it is. But it is happening, and it's the NCAA's fault. Is the NCAA going to fall apart, or are they going to get their ducks in a row? Well, that stands to have to find out. We're going to wait on that. But ultimately, I think this is all happening because the NCAA is so inept at what they do in so many things. Okay, well, talking about the USC and USCLA change is great, and, and that's wonderful, but this is a Carolina Locked On Tar Heel show. What we want to know is, how does this change, if at all, affect the Tar Heels? And that's what we're going to talk about after I tell you about our brand new sponsor, LinkedIn. In. I'm going to get this messed up sometimes. I know I am. LinkedIn locked on. They're too close together uh, and I'm going to screw it up. But as the sun comes out, as we get to summer here and small businesses are back up and going, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. So create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That's a big number. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to let the world know, to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill set for you and the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Okay, so UCLA, USC are moving to the Big Ten in a couple years. What ripple effects will that have for North Carolina? That's why we're here. That's why we're diving into this podcast. Um, I'm going to say it again. First off, I don't want you to be worried that the Tar Heels are going to get left out in the cold. You had better believe that Bubba Cunningham, his team, the whole athletics department, they have been aware of this for a long time. Maybe not specifically this move, these two teams going to the Big Ten, but they know that there are seismic shifts happening or getting ready to happen, and so they are having conversations. They're talking um, within North Carolina. They're talking to other ACC schools. They're talking to other conferences. They're talking to other uh, institutions around the nation to just get the scope of the landscape, figure out what they need to do. So you better believe that Bubba Cunningham will not be caught off guard and will not be caught unprepared. Okay, good. Don't freak out. (laughs) Uh, just, Just know... Things will be good. Carolina will come up facing well. So remember, we talked about in the in the national section on this just a minute or two ago, it's all about media markets, football, and then basketball. That those are like the big three driving factors in um, who a conference wants and how they can get there. So Let's, let's talk about where the Tar Heels fit into those three categories so we can see just how attractive are the Tar Heels. Well, media market. I looked up the 2021 Nielsen rankings based on media market. Some of them are just individual places like we, we already talked about LA or New York or Chicago. Some of them are grouped together when uh, they, they are pretty close media markets, such as Raleigh-Durham is lumped together, for example. So here are some of the ones close to Chapel Hill. Charlotte comes in at 22nd on that 2021 Nielsen rankings list. Raleigh-Durham, 24th. Asheville and a few surrounding South Carolina towns, 35th. Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem comes in at 47th. So in the top 50, that is four major media markets that are all going to be heavily pro Tar Heel. Now I know you think of like Winston-Salem, it's like, oh, they probably got a bunch of Wake Forest fans. Yeah, they do, but overwhelmingly outnumbered by Carolina fans. What about Raleigh-Durham? Surely there's gonna be some uh, State and Duke people there. Sure there are, but who is the major national, or excuse me, the major state institution? It's Chapel Hill, it's North Carolina Tar Heels. That's who the majority of those markets are rooting for. And when you look at that 2021 ranking compared to where those four markets fell in 2020, um, Charlotte is down one. They were 21st and fell, but the others each rose two or three spots from their 2020. So these uh, media markets are growing. These pro-Carolina media markets are growing. Four, again, four of them in the top 50. But keep in mind, like I know none of them are top 20, even Charlotte was the highest at 22, but even these in the top 50, like there's so many Metro media networks on here and all four of these that I just named off are ahead of other places you might think of bigger, like Albuquerque is behind, New Orleans is behind, Memphis is behind, Buffalo, New York, Little Rock, Arkansas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
all of those are behind all four of these media markets. And so, yeah, these four, having four very pro Tar Heel markets in the top 50 is a huge deal and is going to be very sexy to anyone wanting to court the Tar Heels. Keep in mind though, too, I'm just talking those regional markets. The UNC branding is everywhere. This is a national and international institution. The colors are everywhere. Alexander Julian's Argyle is everywhere. The Jordan of it all is everywhere. So it's not just those four regional markets. There are going to be people all over this country tuning in to watch the Tar Heels. That's very attractive to any conference. What about football? Well, listen, we can all recognize the Tar Heels are not, at least not yet, elite. They have risen to the upper echelon of the ACC. I think we can, even despite last year's setback, we'll say, um, the Tar Heels are in the upper half of the ACC. And with a national uh, name like Mac Brown at the helm, they're going to be there either by record or perception, if nothing else, as long as he is running this team, as long as recruiting is as hot as it is. Uh, people are going to want to tune in to North Carolina football. Again, the national brand is a big, big deal. And then obviously basketball. We don't even really have to talk about that. But Carolina is the bluest of the blue bloods. Um, the most sustained success. The most, um, right, like UCLA we talked about has the most national championships yeah, but so many of those are in an era prior to 64-team tournaments when they had to win just like two games to win a national championship because the returning national champions got several buys into the Final Four. And so when you look at the consistency that the Tar Heel basketball program has had, yes, uh, many might look at Duke or Kentucky as, as a higher entity. I wouldn't say so. Uh, I mean... Maybe, maybe they are, but Carolina is just right there with them, especially given what's happening now in the first year of Hubert Davis and recruiting and everything else. The Tar Heels are right there at the top of that brand. And you, if you're the SEC, you want Carolina basketball there to compete. Like Kentucky has people, teams that rise up occasionally. There is no consistent threat like a Carolina. Can you imagine Carolina and Kentucky matchups every year? Or what about the Big Ten? They are thirsting, thirsting for a dominant program. You got Michigan State, but I wouldn't even really call them a blue blood. You know, maybe in, they're in that next tier with like Gonzaga and some others. Um, Michigan kind of there. Indiana, I guess you'd still call them a blue blood, but they're just not doing it right now. The Big Ten desperately needs an elite top of the heat basketball school. Carolina could be that. So what does all that mean for the Tar Heels about the media markets, football, and basketball? They are sexy, they are desirable, and they are wanted. And so if, if it all does boil down, if the Big 12, the Pac-12, and the ACC go away and melt away and we just have these super mega conferences with the SEC and Big 10, I don't think it's Carolina having to sweat it out of can we make it into one of those? No siree, Bob. My take is Carolina is going to be the prettiest girl at the party and they're both going to be like in a bidding war over the Tar Heels because they want that national branding. They want the 
nearly upper football capability every year and then the top of the top of the heap in basketball every year. Those two uh, conferences would be fighting over the Tar Heels, I do firmly believe. Now, there are other schools in the ACC that would be part of that mix, but that's what we're going to talk about in just a moment. But I will give this caveat. At the same time, if you're the Tar Heels, you can't just sit idly by and say, well, everyone's going to want to come pony up to the table and give us their best offer. you you got to be proactive, of course. But as I've already said, you had better believe that Bubba Cunningham has been doing every bit of that that he can uh, to make sure that Carolina is not left holding the bag. The Tar Heels are going to be in good shape, and I think that if it does boil down to the SEC and Big Ten, could go either way. I would think it would make more sense for Carolina to stay in the South and go to the SEC, but as we've seen, geography ain't gonna matter all that much. What about the rest of the ACC? Who might come along with the Tar Heels? What will happen to this great and prestigious conference? We'll talk about that in just a moment after I tell you about Bet Online, which is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, which is just a couple weeks away now from the All Star break. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. And it's the best spot for all your scores, podcasts, and news this season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, so what about our hallowed ACC? As we said off the top, ACC has been in existence now since the 1953-54 season. Almost seven decades worth of great stuff. Uh, you love to see that, and you have uh, so much... Um, so many great memories, so so many great things about this conference and everything it's been. But we have to be realistic. And we have to be willing to let a thing die if and when it's time for that thing to die. And that's what we all have to take. And obviously, uh, more importantly so, the, the ADs and the, the presidents of the schools and, and everybody else has to take a long, hard look at, is this thing salvageable? Is it not? The, here's what I'll say. The ACC is not, not dead. Yet. <laughs> For my money, of the Power Five schools, the SEC and the Big Ten are currently in the best positions. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 are currently the most vulnerable I think the Big 12 is going to be making some grabs at some of those Southern Pac-12 schools. And so I would even go so far as to say the Pac-12 is the most vulnerable. But for me, the ACC sits just kind of right in the middle right now where it could go either way. I, we just don't know how the landscape is going to change and unfold and uh, grow and adapt over the next two, three, five, ten years. But you can't wait all that long to figure it out. Unfortunately for the Tar Heels, 
the ACC has a grant of rights that doesn't end until 2036. That's over a decade away, and you just can't wait around for that. So, um, Again, Pac-12, Big 12, I think those are the most most vulnerable, having collectively lost Texas, Oklahoma, now USC and UCLA. Those are massive losses for those conferences and can't be made up. The ACC hasn't lost anyone since Maryland went to the Big 10, but that was right in the midst of all those Big East schools coming in to uh, balloon the ACC up to 14 schools in football, 15 in basketball with Notre Dame joining the ranks. Again, the, the current grant of rights doesn't expire until 2036, and so what does that mean? Well, if you want to try to get out of the conference, you will have to pay tens of millions of dollars to break that um, contract. Also, in order for the ACC to be able to get a new media rights contract, to be able to negotiate a bigger number that could compete with the SEC and Big Ten, they would have to have... Uh, a change of schools, meaning schools coming in. And so that's a big part of it. So before we kill the ACC, before we say, hey, it's dead and gone and we move on, let's stop and ask, can this be salvaged? I, I think it would be dumb for us to not at least try to go about doing so. I think fatally everyone is just saying, oh, the ACC is dead, kill it. And maybe so. But first off, can we salvage it? Well, from the standpoint of the two big uh, revenue sports, foot, again, football and basketball, uh, remember, as I said, there are 14 football schools with Notre Dame playing a couple of them every year and uh, 15 in basketball with Notre Dame fully joining. The first thing we have to recognize here is that adding Notre Dame as a full ACC member would be huge on the national level just because of the way Notre Dame is viewed and looked at nationally as this independent, as this school that's allowed to do basically whatever they want to do. Uh, bringing them in as a full-fledged ACC member, similar to what they did in the COVID year, uh, the 2020-21 season, would be really, really big. However, as you would well imagine, Notre Dame is going to command and demand a long list, like hostage list of demands in order to do that. I'm, I'm sure the contract for that would just look wacky. It's, I just don't even want to begin to try to parse out everything that would go into that. And so that's something that the ACC is going to have to wrestle with. Is it worth the cost of Notre Dame's likely exorbitant demand list in order to keep them or bring them in to the ACC. Additionally, if you can get the Irish, it would be great to add a 16th school as well in order to even things out so that you do have an even number of schools. Um, this isn't the time or place where we'll postulate about who that might be. Um, but that would be something that I'm sure the ACC is talking about. I'm sure the conference ADs are all talking about it together on conference calls and things like that. Even if not Notre Dame, someone, you need to get someone. Why? Again, that's the adding another member is the only way to prematurely renegotiate your media rights deal with ESPN or whomever in order to get a better deal. Because now when there's a new team, that uh, a new school that changes 
the calculus of what a, a media company would be willing to offer, which is why, for example, the Big Tens would be is going to be so ginormous now when USC and UCLA come in and uh, the SEC's already big contract when Texas and Oklahoma come in. So can the ACC do some of that to finagle things? Because the those contracts for the Big Ten and the SEC are coming up in the next year and two years. Again, not till 2036 currently for the ACC. Got to do something with that. Well, that was, can the ACC be salvaged? Probably. But the next question with that is, not only can we salvage the ACC, but do we want to salvage the ACC? And maybe that's even the first question to ask. Because let's be honest, the ACC just isn't what it was when it was nine schools or, or whatever that you grew up with. It's just got a different vibe now. It's not this um, southeastern corridor, uh, really just east coast, uh, Atlantic coast, because that's the name of the conference, nine schools. Now it is this 14 slash 15 member uh, conference that does run all up and down the seaboard, but also has these inland teams like Louisville and Notre Dame. What do you do with all that? It's just not the same ACC that it was. And so, in some ways, have you already given up the ACC? And I'm doing air quotes with that for those who are listening. You, this is college sports right now. This is the reality. You're not getting that ACC back that, that we're all dreaming of. So you might as well look around and, and see what's the landscape. What do we need to do? Again, who is the prettiest girl at the dance? And let's get her. Well, what about the flip side of all these questions? What if the ACC, at least in its current National Power 5 format, isn't salvageable? I would say if it's not salvageable, don't ruin your place in the national scene trying to save it. If it's clear that it's going to drown, don't drag yourself down with it trying to pull it out of the water. Let it go and get on a lifeboat. <laughs> I'm sure people were super sad in 1953-54 when the Tar Heels left the Southern Conference. This has been part of it since 1921-22, three decades and I know that's less than half of the nearly 70 years that we've seen the ACC in effect, but I mean, that's what people would have been feeling and thinking in the, in the early 50s there. But look what the ACC ended up turning into. It's this thing that now nobody wants to let go of. And so sometimes change happens and it turns into be something you never th thought of how great it could be. I don't know how or what or when or why that's going to look like if the ACC is not salvageable. But just allow yourself the possibility that it could be incredible. Think about, for, existent, for instance, just how unwieldy Division I is, particularly in basketball, where you got over 350 teams. Maybe you get something more akin to a professional sports league where you're working with 32, 64, something like that. Schools, maybe 24, 48, if you, just depending on what these potential super conferences might look like. If it's time to go, it's time to go. And, and that's what we need to say. And so who from the ACC would be poached? Who are the bells of the ball? Well, to me, there is a clear-cut 
top four of the 14 full member schools. I think North Carolina is one of those. I've already laid out why. I think the other three would be Clemson. Again, football is is the biggest thing, and, and Clemson is the biggest name in ACC football and has been for the last several years and shows no sign of slowing down, although we'll have to see what they are without Brent Venables now. And then the other two would be Miami and Florida State. The, the Florida connection, Miami is one of the biggest media markets in the entire nation, um, and, and they are perennially and well-known football schools. Obviously, right now, both down from their pinnacle, but all expectations are that they will rise and both have really solid, good basketball programs under Leonard Hamilton and Jim Laranega, both of whom are older and, and will move on in a few years. So we'll have to see what they look like under new coaching. But um, I think that is the clear-cut top four uh, ACC darlings of who would be poached first. Again, that's Clemson, Miami, Florida State, and North Carolina. And then obviously, there everyone is going to try to get Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is going to have a huge list of demands, but uh, they're going to be another one that everyone would obviously want to go after. Both the SEC and Big Ten would want them, but so would the ACC. So, lot, lot to go on there. All this to say, folks, the next several years are going to be really interesting. But here's what I want to just remind you one more time. We'll get there when it's time to get there. And maybe it's time to get there right now. <laughs> the that day, that time, that announcement of what's next for Carolina, staying or going, might be imminent. It might be closer than any of us realize, but it might not be. And so in the same way that we don't need to rush or hurry recruits to come in, let's just continue to enjoy what we have. If the ACC is only going to be around for another couple of years, let's soak up every minute of that. And let's kill Duke <laughs> in the process. Let's just keep beating them and everyone else. If we're riding off into the ACC sunset, let's dominate things. Because for now, the ACC is still alive and kicking, and I love it. It's the ACC. Let's do it proud. If it is going out, let's go out well. And you know, maybe at the end of all of this, if, if all the conferences are getting mashed together, maybe we just have to get used to less conference affiliation and more used to just, that's my team, that's my squad. And maybe that's not such a bad thing because then you have even more passionate, singular fan bases and even more heated and intense rivalries. That's what makes college athletics as great as it is. But as for the Tar Heels, they're going to be just fine. You wait and see. Uh, well, that, friends, is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up tomorrow, we put out one fire today with conference realignment. We're going to put out another one tomorrow with uh, everyone freaking out about is Gigi Jackson decommitting from Carolina? What is going on? We'll talk about it. I promise you we're going to unpack it. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch of this brand new week. I hope you're having a great day celebrating July 4th with friends and family and uh, that you are safe. Don't kill yourself with fireworks. Uh, I live in a place where you can have fireworks everywhere, so it's going off all around me right now. I'm recording this on Sunday 
night. Please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Uh, smash the like button. Leave a comment on your thoughts about where you'd like to see Carolina go with conference realignment. You want to see them stay in the ACC, make a move. Would love to hear your thoughts. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen today. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of the Locked on ACC schools take you across the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. Again, make Locked on ACC your second listen. Thanks so much for spending your Independence Day hanging out with me, talking about Carolina and all this conference craziness. It'll be really interesting to see where the Tar Heels end up. But no matter where it is, it won't matter because we're all Tar Heels. And you know what? It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.